Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Friday, November 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at the Fed's path for interest rate rises, a rough patch for European IPOs, and the overturning of a ban on a nationalist march in Poland. Plus, what we can expect from a meeting between high-level U.S. and Chinese government officials today in D.C. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Thursday, the Federal Reserve decided to keep its target range between 2 and 2.25 percent. And a strong U.S. economy has the Federal Open Market Committee on track to raise short-term interest rates next month. Unemployment in the U.S. is hovering at its lowest point in decades. Wage growth is accelerating, and the economy continues to grow. The committee did note that investment growth has slowed down since earlier this year. And so, ahead of the Fed's December meeting, monetary policymakers will be debating how to keep the economy simmering without overheating. And for almost a decade now, two far-right groups in Poland have organized a nationalist march. It takes place on November 11th, the country's Independence Day. November 11th is also, of course, Armistice Day, and this year marks 100 years since the end of World War I. The march in Poland has grown to attract tens of thousands of participants. And last year, it drew members from far-right groups across Europe. While many of the participants are not affiliated with the far-right, last year's march drew masked marchers known as the Black Bloc. They held banners that included, Europe will be white or deserted, and pure blood, sober mind. The march is due to take place again this Sunday in Warsaw, but only after a Polish court overturned a previous ban on the event that was made by the city's mayor. The court said that freedom of assembly plays an important role in a democracy, and the right to assemble is protected by the Constitution. But whether or not the march will actually go ahead is still unclear. That's because after the initial ban was announced, Poland's president and prime minister said that a state march will take place, and it will happen at the same time and follow the same route as the nationalist march. The prime minister added that extremist imagery and slogans would not be tolerated. And trouble is brewing in the European IPO market. According to DealLogic, about 25% of planned listings across Europe have halted plans of going public so far this year. In a typical year, only about 20% of planned listings are pulled. Earlier this week, an IPO for the Belarusian supermarket chain Eurotorg was the latest to collapse. The company had planned to raise $200 million in a London listing, but said it was postponing the listing because of, quote, market conditions. It's an expensive move for the companies, which will have racked up bills from months of legal and accounting work. It's also a loss for the banks holding out for big fees from these IPOs. But with Brexit looming, investors are tapping the brakes. Speaking of Brexit, Prime Minister Theresa May will spend the weekend trying to convince ministers to back the current deal taking shape in Brussels. European Council President Donald Tusk said he hoped for a breakthrough in the next few days. The Irish border question remains a key sticking point to a deal, and if May can win the approval from ministers, she will convene a formal cabinet meeting to approve the deal early next week. And here's something you might want to know more about. U.S. President Donald Trump has been no stranger to trade wars since he's taken office. Most recently, he's put tariffs on billions of dollars of Chinese goods. And China has responded by doing the same on goods from the U.S., 
President Trump has threatened to put tariffs on the remainder of China's $500 billion of exports to the U.S. if the two countries can't resolve the dispute. But today in D.C., Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Secretary of Defense James Mattis will meet with high-level Chinese officials. The FT's Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief Dmitry Savastopoulos is here to tell us exactly what we can expect from those talks. The U.S. and China basically started this thing. It's called the Strategic and Economic Dialogue a year ago. And it was an idea to have a kind of a high-level dialogue between the people in China that matter and top American officials to kind of resolve some of the issues in the U.S.-China relationship. The first one happened. And then in recent months, tensions with China have increased over trade and other issues. So they've struggled to actually meet again. But finally, the two sides are coming together to try and address some of the issues that are really thorny in the U.S.-China relationship. What are some of those issues that they're going to talk about? I think they're going to address everything from human rights issues in China to tensions in the South China Sea, where the U.S. is concerned about China kind of militarizing these islands and artificial islands that China has created. The Chinese are going to raise concerns about some of the things that the U.S. have been doing, some of the criticisms of China. I think one of the big issues is going to be ahead of the G20 meeting in Buenos Aires at the end of November. They're going to talk about trade and try and get a sense of whether Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping can actually reach some kind of deal on trade when they meet at the G20. So the trade war between the U.S. and China, did that have any kind of effect on the U.S. midterms or how is the U.S. kind of feeling the effects of that trade war? I think it did. So uh, running in the run up to the midterms, I spent uh, probably drove about 3,500 miles around the Midwest, kind of Iowa, uh, North Dakota, Montana. And one of the really interesting trade stories is that the Chinese have imposed retaliatory tariffs on American soybeans and most American soybeans go to China. So when you go to North Dakota, it's a huge part of the agricultural industry, but none of the soybeans that they're growing there are being exported to China at the moment. So you have farmers who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 who said to me ahead of the midterms that they were really concerned that they had buyer's remorse, that they didn't think that Donald Trump was going to basically sacrifice the agricultural industry to solve other problems with China. So definitely it's playing out across the country in different ways, And the, but the agricultural industry is one where farmers are really feeling the pain from this trade war. And do you think this meeting is an indication that the trade war might come to an end? So it's hard to say at the moment. I mean, I think what's important is today, the two sides sit down, if they can kind of agree some preliminary things that Trump and Xi Jinping will then talk about in Buenos Aires, it may do. But because Donald Trump is such a unique individual, I think many people think that you're only going to know if there's going to be a deal when he and Xi Jinping sit down and try and hash out some of the issues that they have at a kind of a top level and then give their bureaucrats and their teams the kind of space to go off and negotiate the details. But I think it's very important. The amount of tariffs being imposed on both sides are really big. And so far, there hasn't been a lot of pain for the American consumer. But when we get to January, the amount of the tariffs is going to be increased. And I think you're going to start to find that you know, at Walmarts across the country, the prices of goods are going to start to rise. And that could be a problem for Donald Trump as he starts to campaign for 2020, because we're about to enter the 2020 presidential campaign season. So I think it's going to be very interesting over the next two months or so to see how all of this plays out. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for all the latest business news. 
The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon, Amy Keene, and me, Eric Krupke. Our editor is Amelia Mahosik. Robert Shrimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.